0: In the jungle, the mighty jungle, Mizzou is dead tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Please tell me we're starting off with I that. would love to start like that, but I'm pretty sure it would cause a copyright problem. Probably. Um, I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts would, like, rip it off, like, immediately. <laughs> the tear it to
1: shreds. Regardless
0: with the fact that it's a parody that I'm singing about Mizzou and or Auburn at the exact time. <laughs> like, Tigers are dead. You know, it's the eye of the tiger. It got punched out of their face by another team called the Tigers. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's really bad too. I guess you know, like the fight in Penny Hardaway's. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. Yep. You know, screw the copyright; it'll be fine. This is the Hoop Southbound <laughs> podcast. My name is David.
1: Hey guys, it's Maddie.
0: Yep. And what you might be hearing in the background are might be our noisiest episode we ever had. It's the click, the uh, clitter clatter. I don't know the pitter patter of tiny little paw prints walking around the table as we record today. Our dogs, are, or my dog, my dogs are making plenty. Plenty of noise in the process, so... It's
1: it's the dogs, it's not the wounded tigers. Yeah, yeah it's not dead
0: tigers or anything <laughs> like that, you know. Um, rough week, rough week, but we got a lot to cover today before we get to that. Um, first thing we're going to talk about today in our little news that's been coming out is the net rankings are out. They don't mean anything.
1: No, it's going to change so much by the time we get to... When it actually matters, yeah. It, in the next few weeks, we it's trip. changed
0: a lot in the last couple of days too. Uh, like Arkansas currently has no quad wins. When the net rankings came out, Arkansas had a quad one win, and you know technically Arkansas got a quad one win on Saturday, but because Oklahoma lost to Arkansas, they're no longer eligible for a quad one win. So I mean, like, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Like, and it's going to change, and it's going to keep changing. But like yeah, the early net rankings indicate Tennessee, Alabama, and Mississippi State are in the top ten of the rankings. Arkansas currently rounds out the top twenty-five. Seven SEC teams in the top fifty. So about half the conference is currently a Q one win on a neutral site right now. Uh, But yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes this thing as time goes on.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I was most surprised about the fact that you know, going into this season, we figured in the top. I would say at least top 25 we'd see Kentucky, Alabama, and Arkansas which Alabama is still top 10, Arkansas top 25, but Kentucky's nowhere to be seen. So it'll be interesting to see if they battle their way back into a top spot.
0: They're like 26 or 27 right now. It's it's just cuz they don't have any good wins. Like yep. that's that's the well, I guess the Michigan win, but like you know they just don't have those wins yet, and that's what the net's based off anyway. The yeah. net is no, nothing like the top 25, and neither one of them actually matters. It's like yeah. who line, whose line <laughs> is it anyway right now. The net won't matter until it matters at the end. So, yeah. you know. And, of course, Eric Musselman will complain about it all the way through February. So Can't you know.
1: wait to hear it. Oh, I know.
0: I know. Uh, is L- I know the pending question right now in Fayetteville is, is LSU in front of Arkansas in the net rankings right now? The answer's no. So we're, we everybody <laughs> take a deep breath. They're not. <laughs> so, let's let's talk about something else that's going on in Fayetteville right now. Uh, Trevin Brazil, the injury, his injury is obviously one of the biggest news pieces uh, that has made the rounds across the SEC. Um, it even made the bottom line in the ESPN this week. Uh, yeah, he is out for the season after a knee injury in his game against uh, North Carolina Greensboro. Uh, the sophomore forward was a human highlight reel for the Hogs, dunking the ball and spreading the floor out with his three ball. Um,
1: Tough, Yet. tough loss. Yeah, for sure. You know, going into the season, um, I really wasn't sure what kind of impact Trevin Brazil was going to have on this Razorbacks team, but turned out, like you said, walking highlight reel.
0: Yeah. Um, the unicorn piece <laughs> that the Razorbacks really, really wanted. Um, but yeah, they played their first game without him in, uh, in Tulsa this weekend at Oklahoma, and they looked all right, but you could tell they were still trying to figure some things out.
1: Yeah. Th- I mean, Trevin Brazil, theoretically and realistically, big shoes to fill. But um,
0: I don't think he's a player that you fill with one player. No, not at all.
1: Like I said, um, you know, I tweeted out the other day, I think it's going to take the shooting aspect of Nick Smith finally being back and then Kai Mitchell stepping up and then a little bit of Jalen Graham too.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I think Jordan Walsh, um, he had a really good game against against Oklahoma, and he showed that he can shoot the three ball in that game and he can rebound because uh, he got a couple of putbacks in that game. Mm-hmm. He had seven points going into halftime, so he would stepped up big also. Uh, Jalen Graham is a lot, one of the people that are like, a lot of Razorback fans are pointing to, so I think that combination of Jordan Walsh, Kamani Johnson, and Jalen Graham are also, you know, you're going to pick this up almost Moneyball style. Like, yeah. you're going to find the points <laughs> between people to recreate someone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I do think Arkansas is a deep team, and I think they'll get this figured out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing like, you know, when Oscar Sheboy went out, With Kentucky, which they had a pretty deep bench too, but like that was an absolutely devastating loss for them. While I do see Trevin going down, is you know awful for Arkansas just on the front that they lost a good ball player this season, but
0: in an NBA draft pick, yeah, yeah. I mean he's 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 a player, and it sucks to lose him. But Arkansas recruited enough enough depth to cover in case something like this happened. I don't think that was the intention of doing it, but I I think, like, overall, that's what has occurred through the transfer portal um, and building this team this year. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, like, how many teams have four to five NBA draft picks on their team? How many teams have a top-10 basketball coach and have that much depth on the bench and that much bench scoring to where you don't even have to go through the entire bench to get at least 10 points out of your bench scoring every night? Um, not a lot of teams have that. Arkansas does. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's completely capable of figuring out the problem.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, Must is going to have to strategize a little differently. But moving forward, I don't think they have a whole lot to worry about
0: yeah, definitely. in the long run. Definitely so. All right. Let's talk about some of the uh, things that happened this week. Uh, let's start with our. Oh boy, let's talk about our game of the week. Um, so we picked... Mizzou, our real
1: game of the week or the game of the week that we... Pitch,
0: the picked. The game that we, okay. the, yeah, the game of the week that we picked <laughs> um, out of um, the game of the week that we picked because it was a historic moment, you know? Like, you know, Mizzou's playing Kansas for the first time since they got to the SEC. Like, and it's been a long time since these two have been playing each other. Um, and Mizzou... Definitely got reminded of what it was like playing Kansas every, <laughs> you know, on any given Saturday. Um, yeah, it it went, it looked like anything but the game of the week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I went out to dinner with some friends and they had the Auburn-Memphis game on like every TV. And there was one, one TV in the corner with Mizzou KU. And my <laughs> friend jokingly said, oh, you aren't over there watching your game of the week? And I was like... No. no. I'm going to watch the Soberman move <laughs> this game.
0: I, I I was keeping my eye on the score to that game. and it was like, I don't think Mizzou fans want me to keep up with this game right now. I thought Mizzou was at least going to put up a fight against Kansas, you know, because... You know, passion. It's the it's the it's the border all, war. You all know, all of
1: the videos you shared last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah, oh, not just me. Like you saw Mizzou, uh, Mizzou hoop page, like yeah. sharing that exa- from the university. Like, let's get hyped up to play Kansas. And they got hit in the face so hard that they're probably still on the mat right now. Um, yeah, they got slaughtered in this, and uh, yeah, a lot of injury energy in that building just to witness a blowout.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think really. What what this game showed us is, Mizzou finally showed us who they were. You know,
0: we all had the feeling. Um, I, I, I I'm inclined to re- recall the progressive commercial about the guy with the blue hair who walks past all the adults who were now acting like their parents. You know, and it's like, and the guy's going, "We all see it. We all see it. Yeah, we all saw that score, and no one needs to really talk about it that much." Uh, yeah, Kansas won this game, ninety five to sixty seven. Murder. And that's really bad in someone else's building. Um, very grim point was made by Matt Harris of Rockham Nation. Um, Mizzou is in the next 18 games. 18 games. Mizzou in 13 of its next 18 games have a win probability odds of less than 50%. He's pointing out that the only games Mizzou fans should feel somewhat confident in are Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Georgia. I'm going to make this worse. I don't think they should feel confident about playing Georgia. I
1: was uh, literally about to say the same thing. And, you know, Vandy, (laughs) any given night, it's a toss-up there too. Yeah,
0: it just depends on, you know, (laughs) A, how bad Jerry Stackhouse wants to keep his job, and B, um, what Vanderbilt team shows up in the floor. You have the Vanderbilt team that wants to beat Pitt and uh, might put up a pretty good fight against North Carolina State this week, Mm -hmm. or you're going to get the uh, Vanderbilt team that showed up uh, to play Grambling and Southern Miss.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I think Georgia's gonna should be knocked off that list. Um, but definitely a uh, downhill slope for Mizzou, I think, for the foreseeable future.
0: It's not looking good, no. Um, so, yeah, Mizzou season might be headed toward a dead end very, very quickly. But I'm glad that they got to enjoy it through the months of November and December. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn to our next game: uh, Vols and Terps. Uh, yeah, Maryland and Tennessee, a game that we got to watch. Um, before getting on the podcast today, I know that you've got a little bit of it covered in your um, in your interview that you did today um, with um, YY eight um, the YY eight pod section YY eight yeah. podcast yeah um, yeah we'll get to that in a little bit uh, but yeah Vols good win for them uh, over a top fifteen team in Maryland on a neutral site game obviously a good quad one win mm. Vols now have two major games won in neutral sites against Kansas and uh, in Maryland now. It's a a far cry from where they started against uh, Colorado.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, I think this game, at least the first half, showed us that Tennessee can battle offensively. But when they're pushed up against a good defense, that can force a turnover. Um, It's when things start getting a little sticky. So I think that's something to look for um, when we move forward. Yeah, I, I, don't,
0: I don't think it's any secret. You know, I, I love John Rothstein and uh, all the crazy stuff that he tweets, but he, I think he made the best point of that entire game, is that in one game, Tennessee showed us why they can be a Final Four team and also why they can get bumped out in the first night of the tournament. Um, yeah, they just can either implode when they're up by 20 or they can dominate a team for 20 straight minutes. Yep. You know, and that's exactly what we saw in this game. Um, you definitely thought that, like, coming into that second half, at a halftime, you thought to yourself... Yeah, Tennessee's about to mop the floor with Maryland, and maybe Maryland's a little bit overrated, and then you're watching the second half and going, yeah, um, I'm having some less faith now in uh, the Vol situation. It, it's kind of, It's kind of... It is what it is, you know, I yeah. think. But, like, you know, they're a good team, and I think they're completely capable of winning games.
1: Yeah, I think so, and we'll we'll see that, um, you know, moving forward with the Arizona game that they have this week, which we, we talk more about in the interview in a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, you had your interview this week, and then I had mine as well, um, concerning with Alabama, so we'll touch on this real fast. Um, the game so many Alabama fans, I'm sure, want to talk about is them beating the number one team in the country. Uh, we're talking. We're going to be talking with Christian Sykes later in the show. But what an incredible win for Alabama! I, I don't think a lot of people thought I was necessarily serious when I said that I thought Alabama was capable of beating Houston, um, and, or like when I tweeted that whole my predictions for the weekend mm-hmm. thing out, and I said Alabama's going to beat Houston in overtime. They didn't do it in overtime, but dang, they they about forced made it. Almost turned into an overtime game. It came yeah. close, for sure. Yeah, that was quite a comeback um, that Alabama had in that game. They were down double digits, and they had to come back. Noah Clowney, absolutely sensational in that game. Uh, I think right now, Bama is has the indisputed, uh, the, or undisputed, whatever was the actual word, I don't know right now, uh, the best resume, resume in the SEC, and arguably uh, the top five in the country when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. They've got wins over Houston. North Carolina, Michigan State, and this week they're playing Gonzaga. I, I'm really, really big on Alabama right now, and I, I don't think there's any question. They're, when you look at it from a resume standpoint, they're the best team in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I agree, too. You know, as a not diehard fair. Arkansas fan, it kills me, to admit it. But um, looking, at, looking at this game... Really, honestly, I thought Houston was going to pull away with the win, but Alabama like hung in there and showed why they deserve to be in the number one spot. Yeah, I mean, it's not... In the SEC.
0: It's, it's, yeah, I'm just going to say it's not fair. Let me just start there. It's not fair. You don't get to be good at football, and you get to be good at basketball. And just because your football team slips up for one year and loses two games by a whopping, what, what, four points in football, you don't get to automatically be the best team in basketball now. That's not right. Like, let, let the rest of us who are, you know six and six and seven and five you know kentucky and you know arkansas folks get their time to shine that'd be my exactly opinion. <laughs> it's impressive and i definitely think that the tide are a serious contender team now much like tennessee the question is later on how far can nate oates take this team through the tournament we'll get to them a little bit a little touching that lightly in the interview later with christian um but yeah that, those were kind of my uh, my thoughts on it. let's talk about arkansas and oklahoma
1: Man, this game got me excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I had a great time. Uh, I I sat back in my corner seats at in Tulsa, uh, drank a beer, and had a lovely and I had a lovely afternoon in Tulsa. You know, it was it was a good time. Um, Hogs got their revenge against the Sooners this year.
1: They did. You know, unfortunately, I I sat back and watched from home. Um, looked at the tickets that morning ah. and decided two hours was not worth the uh, drive for twenty dollar nosebleed seats
0: was it twenty dollars for nosebleed seats really
1: yeah that saturday morning found some for 20 bucks but i was like you know what I don't do i don't do upper level i'm a little bougie
0: you know next time <laughs> yeah I, I get you and there's are just some tall seats in that place when you for the upper level yeah. um but like yeah no next time hit me up because i think i spent like 50 dollars total uh, yeah i yeah i spent 50 total on mine and avery's seats and like we we sat in the corner in the lower section like i got a really good deal on mine <laughs> yeah. so like next time hit me up i'll see what we can do <laughs>
1: yeah i didn't do a whole lot of digging mainly because i was supposed to be out of town this weekend but yeah um, fair you know it was a good game to watch from the comfort of home because <laughs> I got a little uh, a little loud you got a, a few, little <laughs> few curse words flew in that first first Little section yeah. of the game.
0: It, it looked like it was going to go the way of the Sooners and, like, the revenge what factor wasn't going to be back until about five minutes left in the first mm-hmm. um, when Arkansas adjusted their defense. And then that's when they took over that game. And, of course, I think the signature moment, like, if you were sitting in the sands where you knew that this game was about to change, was the reverse dunk alley-oop from uh, Ricky Council. Uh, that... that <laughs> I remember Oklahoma fans like oh we're going to do it this being very very like we got we've got this thing and then Ricky threw that on that dunk and I was like oh my gosh that dunk just changed everything.
1: Yeah, I think that was the point. I tweeted and said Ricky with the momentum changing. <laughs> yeah. Or no, I said the council has spoken. The we're council not going has down spoken without a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's I feel like that needs to be like a t-shirt. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we need Ricky like Council Star Wars like,
0: characters, but exactly. like replace all their faces with people on the bus bus. That'd be a sick T-shirt. But first piece of merch we're working on it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Arkansas played really well. Uh, I think if Arkansas had not been playing stall ball for the last you know seven minutes of the game or so, uh, they probably would have blown Oklahoma out. Uh, technically, this was a quad win one as of yesterday, but with the new rankings that came out today, the Sooners have fallen, and this is now a quad two area game. Um, we'll see how that adjusts later. Uh, Jordan Walsh stepped stepped up in this game for the Hogs. Thought thought that this was his best game of the season so far. Um, I think that the win, I think the wins over the Sooners in San Diego State will float back into the quad one category as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Jordan Walsh looked great. Um, definitely his best game of the season that I've I've watched. And um, I think Makai Mitchell also kind of stepped in to fill a little bit of Trevin Brazil's shoes.
0: I think Mikai Mitchell had a pretty big game, too. Uh, he got out there, got the work done, uh, did a lot of good things. I was very surprised that Jalen Graham did not get more minutes. It, he didn't look in terribly impressive with the time that he was out there, but, like... I would like to see Musk give him a chance to be out there. Maybe what he's looking for, uh, in that situation is kind of like the Nick Smith thing. It isn't necessarily fair to just stick him out there and it's like, go fill these shoes <laughs> against the Power Seven team. You know, maybe maybe he's waiting to put him out there against like uh Bradley's in Little Rock next yeah. week, um, and then like UNC Asheville comes to Fayetteville. Those might be better situations for Jalen Graham to get out there. It's like tonight you need to be the big man.
1: Uh, yeah, I think there is going to be a transition period with Jalen Graham, um, just because he does kind of have some sloppy fouls once he gets on the floor, and uh, maybe not the highest basketball IQ. But I think once he gets more play, that'll iron out at the end of the season. We'll we'll get uh, get some good Jalen Graham content.
0: Yeah and you know it's not that Jalen Graham isn't a good player. I mean he was second team all pack 12 one before he left Arizona State. So he's a good player. Uh, get a lot of faith in him. Um, we'll see how that mo- goes moving forward. before we turn to our biggest games of the week, there was one game that I forgot to put on the rundown that we need to talk about. Um, there is a certain team that conducted some fraudulent activity from the uh, state of Alabama uh, and um, yeah, let's just say that the Tigers versus Tigers game did not go uh, the way that Auburn fans would necessarily have preferred for it to go
1: (laughs) well I mean I feel like everybody's heard me drone on and on about them but Memphis is a legit team and I don't feel like Auburn is so (laughs) we really saw that uh
0: on Saturday. Uh, no, Memphis is absolutely for real. We've talked about this. We've talked about Memphis several times this season. Not because we're just actively campaigning for Memphis. It's cause <laughs> I don't I, know.
1: I might sign on to that campaign. Well, but.
0: you can sign on if you want to, but I think Penny Hardaway believes he can, wins an, he can win an SEC championship by scheduling nothing but SEC teams throughout the entire course of his non-conference schedule. Someone needs to explain to Penny Hardaway that's not how this works. Um, <laughs> but, you know, is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, Memphis, absolutely dominant performance. Um, I know Memphis only won this game by 9, but it felt like they won it by 15 uh, Mm -hmm. is really what the feel of this game was about. Uh, Auburn only shot 38% uh, from the floor and 25% from 3. If you know anything about Bruce Pearl, yeah, if you're shooting 25% from 3, you're in danger zone at that time. As for Memphis... Memphis outshot them from 3 and Memphis is not a good three-point shooting team. No. <laughs> and, like um, I
1: said last week, you know, like their main thing is get into the paint and score. Yes. And I mean, I feel like even when Auburn tried to stop that, they busted up the threes.
0: 49 of Memphis's 60 shots came from inside the three-point arch. Make that I, I, that needs to be a complete understanding. And Memphis only hit four of those 11 three-pointers that they shot. Everything else came from the two-point distance. Auburn could not stop them. I know there were Auburn people who you know, were like, oh, we can't stop a team that you know that won't stop scoring. Well, maybe don't give them easy baskets. <laughs> that might be a place to start. Anytime a team shoots 50% on you, you've got a problem that you need to talk about. And, like, yeah, not only that, but you got dominated on the boards plus, you know, minus 11. Auburn was minus 11 on the boards in this game, negative 3 in offensive rebounds, and then negative 8 on defensive rebounds. You're getting your butt kicked. Like, that's just the end of the day on that one. Memphis was a far superior team compared to Auburn. Just... At the end of the day, we know which tiger was actually a bunch of tigers out there and which one were a bunch of kitty cats.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I'm not going to be nice to Auburn right now. (laughs) Like, you know, I know a lot of people are going to see this as an upset, but, like, this is legitimately... These two teams should have been, like, this game should have been gridlocked. It should have been a game Mm -hmm. that, like, both these teams came in and, like, oh, there's going to be a team that wins and it's going to be a very close game. No, Memphis beat the crap out of Auburn, and that's just how it was at the end of the day of this game. We'll, we'll see what my opinion of Auburn is as well, but like i got a feeling right now. They, they don't look like the number one, 11 team in the country. They don't look like the number 11 team in the country. They don't even look like a top 25 team after that game, uh, unless you think that Memphis is like severely in the top 25. Um, and I think Memphis is about a num- number 15 team in the country. Yeah, so. I
1: was going to say somewhere in between 15 and 20.
0: Yeah, for sure. Exactly, and I think Auburn belongs somewhere near the twenty-five to unranked range, uh, is yep. where they legitimately are. They're closer to Mizzou than they are to the rest of the SEC right now, in my opinion.
1: I feel like they're in a similar similar place as uh, North Carolina was before they got bumped, and a lot of it's just going off of hype from, from last, last year.
0: year. Hype from last year it really built this team up, and you know what we fell for it too. I, I you know, at the beginning of the season when we did our preview episode, we were kind of saying that like Auburn. Yeah, don't be surprised. You know, they've been good the last couple of seasons, but we're, yeah. we'll see who they are now. Yeah. And, like, we until they prove us otherwise, I, I don't think they're in the upper echelon of the SEC. No.
1: no. They're, they're definitely midway point for me, if not lower, but yeah, time yeah. will tell.
0: <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. Speaking of Memphis, um, they play Alabama this week, and I've got a great interview that I'm going to get started right now with uh, Christian Sykes from Crimson Crossover. And we welcome to the show Christian Sykes of Crimson Crossover, the co-owner of everything. Uh, how you doing today, Christian? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Hey, you know, first off, congratulations winning that Houston game. Any thoughts that you want to share with the
2: world on uh, Alabama beating the number one team in the country? Uh, it was a tough, gritty win um, from Alabama. And, you know, they got down 15 late in the second, um, second half. And it's just um, it, the resilience that the team shows is something that they've kind of shown a little bit all year. Um and hopefully it continues um for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think
0: Bama is definitely one of the best teams in the country and right now probably has the best resume in the SEC. A uh, lot of love right now for the Tide. I think that's a legit team. Let's kind of talk about this week um for the Tide. They've got two P7 matchups this week, and obviously Tide fans want to know about them. So first thing right off the bat is what do you think the key is for Alabama to get a win over Memphis this week?
2: Uh, biggest thing is being able to control tempo. Um, generally, that's going to be the answer that it, you would hear from any Alabama fan when it comes to an Alabama basketball game. Um NATO wants to get get um, in the open floor, play fast, um, get defensive stops, get out in transition. Um, and then um, getting in controlling the paint um, with Charles Bediaco, Noah Clowney, um, and Noah Gurley would be another big key for us in that game.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I was actually about to ask you about the paint next. So Memphis does a sensational job of getting to the paint, we saw them do that against Auburn. Um, we've saw, seen them do it against multiple teams this year. So what do you think is going to be the key matchup that the Tide need to worry about in this game when it involves getting around that rim?
2: I haven't really done a super deep dive on Memphis um, quite yet. I am doing that research tonight. But as far as just basic matchups, you know, Betty Aco being able to get down there, Um, And play without foul trouble is huge Um, for us in Houston or versus Houston. He got into foul trouble a little bit in the second half, which caused us to play Nick Pringle, who's kind of on the lower end of our bench. Still a quality basketball player, but not, you know, the same level as Charles Bediaco or, you know, others that we have. Um, So being able to get him to be able to play without foul trouble will be huge to be able to control the paint. Um, Because as we saw last year um, when we played them and then we got beat out or we got beat up by them, you know, at Memphis. It it was just kind of a route because we couldn't really control what they were trying to do.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a team that plays with tempo. And um yeah, I could definitely see like the inside game. Those are going to be some matchups. I do like Pringle. I I definitely know why you say he's on the lower end of your bench. He's a great player when he has a when he's on, he's on. And over the years I've played with or I've seen him play. So I, I think that's definitely an encouraging sign for you guys. Let's kind of um talk a little bit more in general about the tide for a second. Uh, you mentioned Noah Clowney, and while we're at it, Noah Clowney and Brandon Miller, for a matter of fact, have been impressive for the Tide so far this season. What do you think has led to their early success under Nate Oates?
2: Well, Brandon Miller was a guy coming in that was um, on the draft boards as a, like a mid-first rounder, um, and so the expectation for him was that he was going to be a high-level player, um, kind of a point-forward type role um, at Alabama, and you're kind of seeing that. But as far as Noah Clowney goes, um, he was actually a backup option to Jairus Walker, who we just played um, in Houston. Um, Obviously, Jairus went to Houston, so we got Noah Clowney. Not saying that we didn't want him, but that's how recruiting works. Um, And when he got on campus in the summer, the staff was surprisingly – or very surprised at how far his offensive game had come along. Um, they were expecting him to be more of just a defensive player um, and work on his offense as time goes. But as you've seen, um, Connie has started every single game that we've had this season as a freshman, and he was our lowest rated um, freshman recruit that we had. He, he's he been an absolute baller,
0: um, is what I need to say straight up, Like because he, he gets the job done every game. He had a double-double this weekend in that uh, Houston game, did he not?
2: Yeah, he had 16 and 11, and I think he had two blocks.
0: Yeah. that Great player. I mean, obviously somebody who's going to get some NBA time down the road. All right. Uh, so let's talk about this Gonzaga matchup just a little bit. Um, they've been less than of this season away from Um, uh, While this, I think I did the numbers at one point, it was like negative 23 is the total that they've been losing by when they get, get away from uh, the state of Washington. Um, but so they're headed down to Birmingham. What do you think tide fans need to do? Or what do you think tide fans will turn Birmingham into I guess Coleman North is the way to describe
2: it. (laughs) Yeah. So Birmingham's only 45 minute drive from Tuscaloosa. Um, and majority of Alabama fans don't actually live in Tuscaloosa. They're kind of all over the state and Birmingham's kind of the central area of, um, the state. And so I really expect a really good crowd. I think the tickets are going for like $80 a ticket or something like that um, right now. But I, I do expect a good crowd, especially if, you know, our, our fan base is a little bit, um, sporadic so if we win obviously people are going to show up but if we lose one game people don't show up it's just it's like of it. the
0: sec it really is it, it, that's that's sometimes how it is with some programs in the sec but i, I do think alabama is starting to go through a culture change yeah. um, with that and I, I think that's a really positive sign um let's talk about this game just a little bit closer um drew timmy obviously he's a problem anytime that you face gonzaga um so when so during this game, how was uh, Nate Oates planning on neutralizing
2: him? So if you want, I don't know if you were able to catch the game last year, but we really um, neutralized him and Chet Holmgren, um, who went to the Thunder. Um, I think was he the first pick? Yeah, he was he-
0: the first pick. He was like the oh. third overall pick in the draft, and uh, Jalen Jalen Williams from Arkansas was the second round pick that they had for him. Yeah. Um,
2: but what they what they did effectively is they were able to, you know out physical drew and chet and i believe that that's going to be more of the same this year um if you can put a body on drew um he's really good at drawing fouls but i believe that you know it being in birmingham we might get a you know favorable whistle um just because you know home crowd. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
2: but being able to control control him is the is the one big key for us and i, I believe that we'll probably put like no I don't think we'll put um Akko on him we'll probably put Clowney on him because he's a little bit more athletic and can guard the perimeter a little bit better. Um and if we're able to, you know, neutralize him, then um I I I don't see how Alabama doesn't win. But I mean that's obviously a tough task.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean it's gonna be a tough game one way or the other when you cut it. I mean, I know that Gonzaga's been down, but overall this is still a good basketball team. Uh, Let's talk about another player on the court. Mark Sears has kind of been the unsung star for Bama at times this year. What kind of impact do you think he'll have on this game?
2: Um, Sears is kind of the secondary offensive engine of the team. Um, So if you if you notice in the Houston game, um, Brandon Miller didn't particularly play well. Um, He was 0 of 8 um, from the field, but Sears hit two big time threes late in the game to bring us back into it and to put us up. Um, I think the last three that he hit uh, put us up 63 to 62 and then we didn't um, we didn't trail after that. It was like with three minutes to go. But he's kind of another offensive catalyst for the team. Um, and something unsung about um, Sears is his defensive performance thus far. That was a big concern for a lot of us um, with him coming in from Ohio. Was whether or not he'd be able to hold up against these, you know, bigger, you know, more athletic guards relative to what he was playing in Ohio, um, and so thus far he's, you know, held his own and played extremely well, and I kind of expect the same um, for for him going into the Gonzaga game this weekend. Yeah,
0: no, I mean he's definitely one of the key places. Um uh, I believe that you have a meme that you regularly share on you know, your Twitter page for them. Uh, I, I dig it. I dig it every time. Don't worry, we're gonna get to those memes in a second, um, for my really dumb questions that I ask in interviews. All right, so Gonzaga has been traditionally for the last couple of years a number one seed, three straight years in a row. Um, this year, the tide seem to be chasing uh, that on their own end. How important is in this game? Um, how important is this game towards the tide's goals later this season?
2: Uh, I mean, obviously, anytime you get a quad one win or a quad one opportunity, you want to try to win it. Um, so that's it. This is another it's neutral site technically. So it's a one through 50 matchup. So as long as Gonzaga stays within the top 50 of the net, um, it's a it's a quad one, you know, win or, you know, matchup for us. Um, it's It's big in the sense of not necessarily just because, like you said, Gonzaga hasn't been you know, the Gonzaga that we've seen in years past, um, but the name value, you know, the branding value is there. Um, and so being able to say that we beat Gonzaga two years in a row, um, it go, it's a huge for brand exposure on a national level, um, similar to, you know, us beating uh, North Carolina. Or Kentucky. Uh, yeah, late.
0: Or- yeah, if you regularly beat Kentucky at, you know, a little bit closer to home, yeah, that's definitely one of those teams. I, I 100% agree with you. This would be they for name recognition, that would definitely do it. You're exactly right on the net rating portion. As long as they stay in the top 50, it's a, it's a great win. Um yeah, no, it's it's an awesome situation for the Tide.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um I I think that we match up extremely well and uh, going into the season, I didn't think we'd be favored in the game, but I would expect us to be favored in the game if we uh
0: if we get down there. Uh, right now I would put money on the tide. I absolutely would uh to win this game. Um but you know what? We'll get there in a second. Let let's let's look forward for the tide a little bit. Where does Alabama's where does this Alabama team rank among the rest of the SEC, in your opinion? How close to the level of competition is it going to be between Arkansas, Tennessee, Al- you know, and Kentucky? Those those top tier teams. Notice yeah. I just mentioned one for you tied people out there.
2: Yeah, so it the at top of the SEC is tough. I mean, if I were ranking the top of the SEC current day, just current day, um, it would probably be Alabama just because of the wins that they have won. Um, and then it would probably be a toss up between Tennessee and Arkansas. Probably would favor Arkansas or, or Tennessee, sorry, just because of Brazil. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Arkansas is going to look like. Obviously, you guys did have an impressive, or Arkansas had an impressive win um, versus Oklahoma on Saturday. Um, so I, I kind of need to see a little bit more to see how that's going to function. But Ricky Council has been fantastic. You know, Nick Smith is coming on really well. Um, just, I mean, Arkansas just has a ton of, ton of length, and you know their defensive, you know, nature is just going to continue to keep them in games even without Brazil. Um, so that those are kind of two, three for me um four would probably be Kentucky um and I expect Kentucky is just going to get better as the season goes on um as they get more comfortable together and then five would probably be Mississippi State right now um and six would be Auburn if I had to give you a top six
0: I I think that's a pretty good top six I think we're going to have a slightly different one coming out this week but I I can tell you I think me and Maddie are both in agreement that the the tide currently are number one so you could rest easy on that portion of it but uh (laughs) There's going to be one team that's going to be really mad with us, and I'm just saying that they might share a home state with y'all. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, the Tide's first stuff for conference games are against Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Arkansas. Three of those teams, top 25. How has Alabama's non-conference schedule prepared them for this season?
2: I mean, if you look at the past seven-game stretch that we've had, we played Michigan State, um, UConn, North Carolina, South Dakota State, we just got done playing Houston, and we played Memphis, and then Gonzaga. You know that level of competition is the the level of competition you're going to see in the SEC. Um, even though North Carolina isn't as good as people think that they are, or that people thought that they were, and you know Michigan State's kind of hit or miss with that. To be able to play a high major opponent for essentially seven straight games outside of um, South Dakota State. Um, who's still a very good basketball team, very good tournament team. Um, I think it prepares us perfectly for the, for the tournament or for not for the tournament, for the SEC uh, conference play. And I think that, um, I think it's going to be very advantageous for us relative to some other teams. Um, I won't name any names, but there's a state, there's a team in our state that uh, lost their, uh, their toughest um, game yesterday, but uh,
0: I, I i'll think, call them out i'll call them out They're they're auburn like we know who yeah. they are right now like yeah. there's no hiding it like we, we have me and maddie have plenty to say on this show about auburn this week
2: <laughs> but yeah like I, I think that that's what nate oats and that's what the staff tries to do is you know you look at our schedule and you're like why are these why are they playing all of these teams well they're playing all of those teams so that you know when it comes to you know battle test time and sec play we already have all we already have the experience um I don't think that if we don't, if we, I think if we don't lose to UConn the way we did, we wouldn't have beat Houston yesterday, if that makes sense. Uh,
0: yeah, no, there's definitely a parallel I see between those because you had the UConn game where Alabama struggled to get back in that game. And then like the Houston game, you saw those lessons learned from that game and how much that they've improved just in that short amount of time, less than a month less than yep. a month and so like that that shows great coaching on Nate Oates and that shows great commitment from the players and I mean I believe that Nate Oates is pretty much without saying said that he enjoys coaching this team more than he enjoyed coaching he has obviously not said that but it's been more or less implied through everywhere I've read in Alabama media uh throughout this entire season
2: um uh, I'll oh, tell uh, you I was gonna say I'll tell you based off of what I've been told Nate Oates definitely <laughs> loves coaching this team much more than last year's team uh just from you know the yeah, the the sources or sauces that I that I do have that the sauces. Eat, <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, good deal. All right. So obviously I have the most important question of the night right here. Um I gotta ask you this right now. When can we expect Brandon Miller to get an nil NIL deal with uh, Miller Light? I need Miller uh, time
2: to happen. I would probably be the NBA. I wish I wish that the they could get one for college, but I don't even think Alabama would even let them Get an alcohol deal, whatever uh, nil. Deal. But you already, you guys are Alabama fans. You understand our our nil program's not nearly as good as it needs to be. So hopefully we can get them something good
0: here soon. I'm just hurting a little bit. Like, what an opportunity, you know? Like, you know, you're telling me Alabama people would be upset about a beer? Like, I I, I find that as strange as Arkansas people being upset about a beer. Um. Okay, I guess that is what it
2: is. <laughs> the act of Congress for us to be able to sell beer in the state in our Coliseum.
0: So wait, wait, you know, we've already got a hashtag that we're, we, we we're trying to get started. It's hashtag beer for big blue nation. Do we need to come up with something like cold
2: beer for Coleman or something like that? Well, We got got beer this year. So we got beer this year. Okay, good. But it was announced last year that we were going to get beer. And then the city decided to shut it down because of all of this, like tax thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was a whole thing. But it was literally like a, it took us a whole year just to be able to get beer into Alabama athletics.
0: That's crazy. I mean it uh I, I think once we got beer here in Fayetteville, we never looked back. like there was never going to be a conversation about this again, like ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, man, I appreciate your time and coming on the show today.
2: Yeah, no problem. And I appreciate you guys uh, listening to our spaces and then joining in um just a quick plug for you guys um we're going to be doing an sec space uh probably in about a week and a half or so you guys want to join in Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah absolutely i was actually about to say if you want to tell everybody who listens to us who may not know about you guys where they can find you uh at the same time um yeah let them know
2: my uh you can find me on twitter um at ct sykes s-y-k-e-s 13 um you can find our um our page, it's uh, Crimson Over on Twitter because Crimson Crossover can't fit on a, you know, a <laughs> name. On a single um, handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can find us there, but we do post-game spaces for post and pre-game spaces for all Alabama um, basketball games. Um, and we're trying to incorporate some more SEC talk amongst SEC fans um, throughout this season. So be on the lookout for that
0: yep absolutely and we will be there for your space um it'll be either me or maddie we'll figure it out one way or the other so christian again thank you so much for your time have a fantastic evening
2: yeah and happy holidays to you guys
0: yep again want to thank christian for his time for coming in today uh you guys should definitely check out crimson crossover and one of us me or maddie will be joining uh one of the uh twitter live i forget what they're called right now like i don't know what the space is twitter spaces yep. twitter spaces yeah exactly. Yeah, no, like one of us will be on there and we'll be talking with them about SEC basketball very, very soon. All right, let's talk about the CBS Sports Classic between UCLA and UK, the University of Kentucky. Kentucky's coming off a pretty good week of basketball um, or a good stretch here where they've beaten Michigan to finally get a P7 win. And then they got a pretty good win against Yale. Yale, not too bad in Kim Palm. Uh, I'll look at the numbers later. You can go look this up. They're not super impressive, but it's still a decent win. (laughs) Um, and so they're going to be playing a UCLA team that people, I think, still have a lot of questions about. But I think this is a good opportunity for Kentucky to get their first top 25 win of the season.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, I think it is going to be one of those games that it's either going to go back and forth or just be gridlocked at about even score the whole game. Um, but, you know, the fact that it is, is this one a neutral site. This one is, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, New York. Yeah, it's in New York. Yeah. Good (laughs) grief. They're playing a lot of neutral sites. Like, it's getting bad when you have to check every game just to be sure. It's like, is this thing in Lexington or is it somewhere else? You know, like, or it could be in a neutral site like, you know, Alabama's playing Gonzaga this weekend or, you know, how Kentucky, you know, in Gonzaga was in in Spokane. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, so I think um, it'll be a pretty evenly fought game. Um, but I do think I do like um, Kentucky's momentum. I'll say.
0: Yeah, the momentum's a good sign for Kentucky. I definitely think that's a good thing for them. Uh, it's definitely shown that they have a case that they they are legitimately a, a better team. Um, one of the things that I think are going to be important in this game is going to be the rebounding factor. So right now, UCLA three point seven uh, rebounds per game differential favoring UCLA. Now, Kentucky's not the most electric rebounding team in the world, but they do have a certain guy who happens to play under the basket and happens to be really good at rebounding the ball. What's his name again? Um, Steve? Is it Steve?
1: No, it's another generic name, Oscar. Oh.
0: Uh, oh, it's another guy from Sesame yeah. Street. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Oscar Sheebway, of course, is going to be under the basket. Um, 13.3 rebounds a game. That's one guy. He's one man. Um,
1: yeah, no, the crazy thing, you know, looking over the numbers for both teams, UCLA's leading rebounder only has 6.1 per game. Yeah.
0: That that tells you something, doesn't it? And it's a guard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, am thinking that Oscar Shibway, um, makes a big impact on this game underneath mm-hmm. the glass, um, works those boards a little bit. I've got a good feeling about Kentucky in this one. Uh, I don't know about you, Maddie, but like, yeah, I, am definitely inclined to think that they've got a really good chance to bring home a W in this game.
1: I think they do too. I think the only thing, um, that they should be hesitant about going in, you know, their neutral site games haven't been phenomenal.
0: I mean, London worked out for them.
1: Yeah, that one did. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's going to be the only thing, you know, not having the home court advantage on their side um, with this team that has, you know, pretty comparable stats um, just when you look at the straight numbers.
0: Yep. Um, So a couple of people that uh, Kentucky fans probably want to keep an eye on is J.J. Jr. Um, That's not – I just refer to him as J.J. Jr. Um, from UCLA. Um, He is a guard out of there. He scores 17.4 points a game. Uh, Jalen Clark, another guard from UCLA, 6.1 rebounds a game. He does a pretty good job on the defensive glass, nearly about 4.5. And then on the assist side of things, Uh, Tiger Campbell, 4.8 assists a game. Another guard that UCLA... UCLA has a ton of good guards. Um, They do.
1: Several role players um, that I think can... Make a difference. Yeah,
0: the role-playing is going to be very, very important. for the, the guys who can play those role spots are going to be big for UCLA mm-hmm. in this game. So a lot of names to know, but those are your three names that you probably need to know the best if you're a Kentucky fan, just because you're going to probably see one of them make an impact on this game one way or the other. All right, Manny, you had an interview this week. Uh, the Vol's got a pretty good win against Maryland, so we're, they've got another great game coming up against the Pac-12 team.
1: They do. Talk to uh, Nathan over at yy 8 uh podcast Podcast. yeah and uh you know we talked a little bit about that game uh with the Bulls and the Terps and then um we're gonna preview here our Arizona and Tennessee game hey guys we're talking to uh Nathan from the YY8 podcast today I'm gonna talk a little uh Tennessee versus Arizona it's a big game coming up for the week how's it going man
3: I'm good how are you guys
1: doing pretty good. Um, you know, we just got done watching that Tennessee-Maryland game, and man, that one went down to the wire.
3: Yeah, it was uh, intense after a, a, I mean, pretty lopsided first half. I thought Tennessee was uh, pretty good offensively, even though they didn't shoot very well, but that's kind of been a the theme with this team. But um, yeah, up 17 at the half, but had to hold on there at the end to uh, win by three. So they got bogged down offensively. Maryland did a pretty good job defensively and made things tough. But nice win for Tennessee, I think, uh, beating a number 13 team at a neutral site, which was pretty pro-Maryland. But, uh, yeah, nice win for Tennessee, even though it got a little uh, tense there in the last 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, That Maryland game kind of became more of a head-scratcher than I assumed it was going to be. Um, so you know, going off of that, do you think Arizona is going to watch this tape and kind of set up their defensive strategy based on how Maryland held Tennessee in the second second half?
3: Yeah, I think. I mean, they could take you can take anything from any game um, that you watch and, and apply it to your team. But I, you know, Tennessee, like I said just a minute ago, they can get bogged down offensively. A lot of a uh, lot of dribbling, a lot of passing. Uh, especially on the perimeter, um, they were down. Obviously, two uh, two post players today. Well, really, just one. Uh, Jonas Adu was out uh, with flu-like symptoms, and then uh, Josiah Jordan James Triple J was out, and he's kind of a, a swing guy that can play both on the on the perimeter and down low. But um, yeah, I think Arizona could probably take some stuff that uh, that Maryland did to Tennessee today. You know, pressure in the basketball. Uh, full court uh, really bothered Tennessee. I mean, they handled it fairly well, but it just seemed like it got Tennessee out of rhythm there. So I think I think that's something Arizona will, will more than likely probably try to do. Um, it's just how can Tennessee adjust and, and, and figure it out.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure throughout the week, uh, Coach Barnes will make some adjustments there to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, kind of getting into it, um, Tennessee's got a three-to-one all-time lead in this matchup. Um, with this now being kind of a planned meeting, it seems like going forward, uh, what impact does that have on Tennessee's need to win on this game?
3: Um, I mean, I don't think it's a necessarily a must-win or a need-to-win game. It's a good resume win. You, These are the games you look back on in, in March, uh, you know, it, resume builder win. You know, did Tennessee beat Arizona? Did Tennessee beat Maryland? Uh, who did you know beat kansas uh in the bahamas a couple weeks ago um is it a must win no i mean do they need to win it probably don't need to win it but it it really helps to win these games this time of year because uh, you don't know how your conference is going to play out where you'll finish there um and how everybody else does uh you know throughout the season so it's it's a big game for both programs you know it's going to be a top 10 matchup more than likely. Um, and uh, Arizona is really good. Uh, they slipped up against Utah, but yeah, I think Tennessee, uh, it's a huge opportunity for them. And I, I don't know uh, if this series will be continued after this year. I know they played in in Knoxville last year and Tennessee uh, won that game, obviously, but um, you know, Tennessee doesn't play a lot of West coast teams. We played Gonzaga quite a bit, but um, you know, if it doesn't, you know, continue after this year, I think, you know, it would be a nice win for Tennessee more than a, you know, need to win scenario. I, I That's my opinion on it. I mean, I don't think it's really, um, I mean, it's a big game, but like I said, it's just a resume builder type game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, you've mentioned they don't play a whole lot on the West coast recruiting wise. Um, do you think this is going to be a big push for them to start getting more of those recruits that we see, you know, kind of circulating around Southern California Um, and even really more Midwest teams um, than they currently recruit for?
3: I mean, possibly. I mean, I think during the broadcast today on Fox, uh, on FS1, uh, Jimmy Jackson was talking about uh, they had talked to Rick Barnes uh, leading up to the game and how Fran Fraschilla made a big impact on him when he was his assistant at Texas on recruiting, getting outside of the United States and recruiting, you know, in Europe. Um, and globally but you know i think rick barnes is at a point in the tennessee program and like he was at texas he looks nationally so i mean it's a big opportunity like i said a second ago for tennessee to put their uh put their program on display for not only the nation but for the west coast there's there's going to be eyeballs on this game um in arizona and probably you know california you know places like that that probably don't normally see tennessee on a nightly basis i mean i know tennessee plays on. ESPN quite a bit, but um, you know, a lot of their games are SEC Network or SEC Network Plus, so those those people out west are probably not tuning in to watch Tennessee on a Tuesday night when they take on um, Tennessee Tech or or whoever else they may play uh, non-conference. But, yeah, this is a big opportunity. A lot of eyeballs will probably be on this game. I know it's going to be late. I think it's like a 10-30 tip-off next Saturday night but uh you can guarantee that a lot of especially out in Arizona there's gonna be a lot of eyeballs on the game so it yeah it could help I mean the more exposure you get and if you play well too that helps so I think I think it's a good opportunity for uh for Coach Barnes and his staff and for the program
1: yeah I think you know the more that we see um a lot of those like power teams you know like Sierra Canyon, Bronny James and uh you know that whole group um you know I feel like it'll be a big push for the SEC once we start playing some more games out West and getting eyes on, on those teams there. Um, you know, you mentioned doing some overseas, uh, looking on coach Barnes' behalf. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Lithuanian sensation. I, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. I looked up a video to see how to pronounce this guy's name and still have no clue.
3: Yeah, I didn't. um, I was trying to look him up before uh, I got on here with you guys tonight, and um, I didn't look up a video or anything. But I, I I don't know how you say his name. I, I didn't even really like find a pronunciation of it anywhere to look at. So, uh, yeah, we'll just call him Arizona's Arizona's best player. How about that? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Okay. So he can't. Yeah, he's here from Lithuania, stacking the stat sheet for Arizona. Um, How do you think Tennessee is going to factor him into their defensive strategy?
3: Well, I think I mean Tennessee's the according to Ken Palm is the number one uh, team in America for adjusted defense. Um, there was some stats. Uh, I'll I'll pull them up here while I'm while I'm talking. But there was a stat that they put up on the screen during the during the game tonight. Uh, Tennessee's third in the nation in in points allowed, third in scoring margin, second in field goal uh, percentage first in three-point field goal percentage and third in steals. This is all nationally, not SEC, but nationally. So, uh, I mean, I think Tennessee's obviously going to focus on him, but I think as a whole, Tennessee just – they they make it hard on teams to get good looks. Uh, like Jimmy Jackson said on the broadcast night, they made Maryland very uncomfortable, especially in the first half. Second half, Maryland made some adjustments and, uh, you know, found their way back into the game, but I I definitely think Rick Barnes and him have to pay attention um, to the big time player from Arizona, who I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, yeah, they've got to uh, obviously focus on him and and try to keep him limited. I mean, he's averaging, I think 20 points a game. Um, So, you know, he's going to get some points, but can they keep him from going over that, uh, that threshold? Can they keep him kind of in check? I think that's going to be a big key for this game for the volunteers.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think we definitely saw that tonight um, during the Maryland game. You know, Tennessee knows how to shut down some of those players that are usually you know, on their I game. I mean, they
3: did it against um, the other night um, against uh, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, Eastern Kentucky's not great by any means, but they can score the basketball, and they, I think, shut their uh, number one score down for most of the game. I think he, he made some baskets late, but – you know, they've done a really good job this year of focusing and and, and making it hard on whoever they're playing, their best opponent uh, or their best player. So, it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch next Saturday night to see if they can contain him more than – I don't think they're going to shut him down, but can they contain him?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a good game for sure. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, containing their players, um It seems like Arizona's kind of struggled defensively this year, you know, based on stats and a couple other games that that I've seen from them. Um, So, Julian Phillips, top scorer and rebounder for the Vols. Uh, Do you see him taking advantage of a possibly struggling Arizona defense?
3: I hope so. He he really struggled today um, in the game against Maryland uh, here on Sunday afternoon. He was at one point, I think, 1 of 10 from the field um you know still played hard got to the line a few times rebounded pretty well but um i mean it would be nice to see him you know kind of have a a breakout party uh you might say uh you know he had 16 and 10 though they're not against eastern kentucky but that's eastern kentucky but um again it's you know can he against a bigger time opponent you know kind of have his breakout party i I think Tennessee's kind of waiting for that from him, especially when you see how Tennessee plays on offense sometimes. Like I mentioned earlier, they can get kind of bogged down. Um, and I swear to God, he missed like – it felt like 15 layups today. Um, and one toward – a couple toward the end that it kind of could have put Tennessee in the driver's seat a little bit earlier than than it was. But, uh, yeah, I think – Julian has the potential to break out at any point. Uh, will he this Saturday? I don't. I don't know. It'd be. Uh, I hope so, uh, because that would be a huge, huge bonus and a huge plus for Tennessee. I mean, today, um, I'm trying to pull his stats up here. He I was, about was to say, I
1: feel like the game today was a little bit of an an anomaly. Yeah, he
3: was he was outside. one of ten, but he still he had he had ten rebounds, which was what's huge for Tennessee with their uh, lack of depth inside. But you know you're going to have bad shooting nights, but can he uh, put that in the back of his mind and or put it out of his mind and uh, and have a nice game Saturday? I'm interested to see that.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, with him and Ziegler, uh, I feel like Arizona's team is pretty pretty big, so it'll be interesting to see um, how they work that size in there.
3: Um yeah, and Tennessees really, um at times they get perimeter oriented. Um, uh, if you're listening to this and you've watched Tennessee, sometimes a, a follower on my pod or on our Twitter account tweeted right before I got on. He's like, sometimes it's really hard to watch Tennessee on the offensive end. um, and sometimes that's a lack of they they fall in love with a three pointer um and you know arizona's got some size down low but tennessee's got some size with uh with urosh and if they can get adu back uh, from from illness this week and then um awaka came in today and gave him some good minutes and you've got kamwa down low as well so they've got some guys down there that can can help them if they you know work that inside out game so we'll we'll see. And and going back to Phillips, if he can, he can provide that inside outside um, factor too. So he can kind of do both. um, If he can find his, find his way out there against a pretty tough Arizona team. I know they've struggled defensively, but this is a big game Saturday.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be a good one to watch. Um, You know, nothing like the Tennessee Maryland game today. I think it'll be completely opposite. Hopefully it's
3: a little bit more, uh, uh, pleasing to the eyes to watch this uh, game on Saturday against Arizona. That was a – and I think most of Tennessee's games are probably going to be like this. They they got like that a lot last year. I mean, this is basically the same team as last year, but uh, Tennessee plays obviously elite on the defensive end of the court, and sometimes that can lead to struggles offensively because you're exerting so much energy and so much focus on one side of the court. But Tennessee's shown potential last year and and this year – they can get on a roll offensively. And if they can find that happy medium, um, you know, where they're they're always going to play elite defense, but can they be efficient enough on offense where it doesn't hold them back? And they could be a legit top five uh, team, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Tennessee is definitely going to be one of the fun, more fun teams to watch um, in the SEC this season based on a few of the other games we've seen recently. Um, but – I think that is all I have for the Arizona Tennessee game and, you know, trying to knock out the uh, Maryland game out of our minds, move on to that. Um, Where can our podcast followers find you guys?
3: Yeah. um, You can find us anywhere. Uh, You get your podcast. If you're a Tennessee fan uh, listening to this, uh, you know, give us a, give us a listen. Um, We record on a weekly basis. Uh, It depends on what night of the week we can all get together and do this thing. We normally try to, Record early in the week, but sometimes it's middle of the week. But you guys can find us anywhere uh, you get your podcast. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where we upload uh, the podcast. There, it's normally a video. So if you don't want to listen to us and you want to watch us, you're more than welcome to check us out there. But we're on Twitter at Section YY8 and uh, on Facebook as well and Instagram. So um, you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, like I said, listen to this. Give us a give us a listen and uh, give us a shout out and We got these cool uh, stickers just made for a football this year. So we're trying to get those out to everybody actually was out today and saw one on a uh, vehicle um, of someone I know. So uh, appreciate that, but yeah. um, Hope uh, any Tennessee fans listen, give us a, give us a listen sometime.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh, good luck on Saturday.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: We want to thank Nathan again for jumping on the podcast with us. Uh, you guys can follow him at, sh- at Section yy 8 on Twitter or um, go listen to some of their podcasts that they mentioned.
0: Yep, uh, definitely. So, Maddie, here for the uh, next portion, we're going to go kind of fast on this so everybody can, you know, enjoy the rest of their week. And But, you know... We got a lot of good games coming up this uh, this week, and for the third time in this show, we're about to mention a certain Tiger team that's not part of the SEC, uh, the Memphis Tigers. I
1: need to buy Memphis Tiger merch at this point, I think, because um, <laughs> you know literally just brushing over this one. Memphis gets another SEC win, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is that I grew up closer to Memphis than you. That's what's funny. Um, but, you know, I, I should be the bigger Tiger fan. Um, but, you know, and I actually have a friend who went to Memphis. So. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely with you. I think the Tigers getting another win here. I don't trust Buzz and the boys for anything right now. Uh, anything that's going on at College Station, um, I definitely am scratching my head about. Now, that said, do I think that Texas AM uh, can pull an upset in this game? Maybe. Memphis might be pretty fatigued after beating Auburn and then playing Alabama and then immediately going into playing another SEC team again. Penny Hardaway wants to win an SEC championship. Um, I don't. Maybe he's going to get the Vanderbilt job when Stackhouse gets fired. I don't know, but we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I like the Tigers here quite a bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think um, you know we've mentioned it before. Texas A&M, not quite. Fraudulent, I would say, but yes, they are. They well, they're not fraudulent. Yeah, they had fraudul- a little more hype. Um, yeah, they're, than they, they're they living did. up to. They
0: have not lived up to expectation <laughs> in any capacity. Um, we'll be very, very satisfied if they uh, make the NCAA tournament. I don't think folks in College Station are going to put up with another nit this year. All right, let's talk about another Power Five matchup. Two teams that uh, we're definitely. Cons- more one we're very concerned about on one of these tiger teams because they're coming off a um, a bloodbath uh, in their own house. Um, but like Mizzou playing UCF, the Golden Knights, uh, not coached by Gus Malzahn, I shouldn't should mind you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Golden Knights favored in this game, and I'm not gonna lie, they're they're decent. I do I do think the Knights have a pretty good chance in this game.
1: Yeah, I think home court advantage here is gonna be their best friend. Um, you know, another one that. Pretty comparable stats, um, looking at Mizzou and UCF, but I think this game against um, Kansas for Mizzou kind of exposed some more of their weaknesses, and I think UCF's going to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, you know, Mizzou currently right now 59 in Ken Palm, UCF 65 in Ken Palm. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, though, I, I, I this is going to come down to a gut feeling, I have a little bit more faith in UCF, and this is a neutral site game, so being away from Mizzou Arena, I, I think UCF has a pretty good chance. That said, the Tigers did beat a American team already this year uh, in Wichita State, right around the same caliber, but I do think UCF is a little bit more talented than Wichita State.
1: I think we do need to mention also this, uh, air quotes, neutral site game is happening in sunrise florida so yeah non- neutral site.
0: non-neutral Neu- site neutral Kimberly. site <laughs> dr evil quotes um <laughs> yeah no that good point good point uh, there might be a few more um people there i would they they both wear a black and gold so <laughs> i don't know if i can come up The darker gold, (laughs) the not yellowish gold, I guess, you know. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about another American team playing an SEC team this week. Uh, This one, I think, is going to go in the exact opposite direction, Uh, Ole Miss versus Temple.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, You know, I'll put a little bit of stock behind Ole Miss. Temple's had a few upsets, though, so, you know, they might want to be careful.
0: Well, the teams they've upset include a Nova team, if we're going to talk about people who are frauds, um, (laughs) a Nova team that has not done well um, or missed the hype train just exactly the same way that uh, Texas A&M has. But, you know, um, the thing with Ole Miss is that they're a team that has played better than the expectations that we've had this season for them. Uh, And I definitely think that Matthew Morrell is a player who can change a ballgame. 14.3 points a game. He shoots 40% from the field. He's somebody I really like, and I think that he's a player who can take over a game. Um, this game's also just sitting right there for the taking in the pavilion. So uh, I, I do like Ole Miss at home in this game.
1: Yeah, I think so. Especially, you know, you mentioned Matthew Murrell. Um When you've got a, a player who is your leading scorer and also your leading assist man, um, you know, that says distributes something about... the ball and
0: puts the ball in the basket. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's the delivery man right there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he, a good player. Definitely can get things done. Also, I'd think Miles Burns. He's a forward that can get the job done underneath the glass and get quite a few rebounds. So I'm definitely a fan of Ole Miss, and I'm not a fan of Ole Miss, but like you know, I definitely think Ole Miss can get the job done in this game.
1: You're gonna bet on them, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I'll put money on that. Yeah, I will absolutely put money. I don't know if I put money on the cover, but I put it on the money line for sure. I de- I don't like money line in basketball. Let me or not money line. I don't I don't like the spread in basketball. You know why? Because things go crazy when they shouldn't go crazy. Much more common in football for, like, football has a tendency to follow the status quo a little bit closer, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's a lot harder to rack up a lot of points in football than it is in basketball,
0: so. <laughs> that, too. The that spread's too. a little different. It, 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 did you watch the BYU game last <laughs> night? You know, we'll get to that. That's going to be our closer tonight, and we're going to talk about that one uh, later. Let's talk about Vandy and their chance to rebound after that God awful <laughs> grambling game that they don't want to speak of right now in Nashville. Um, let's talk about NC State and Vanderbilt.
1: I mean, you're, you're saying they have a chance to rebound? Do we want to put that much stock in Vandy right now? I
0: don't want to put any stock in Vandy <laughs> right now. Um, like I'm, I feel no confidence in Vandy. Um, this game it's not something that I... <sighs> <sighs> This game is in Chicago. Let me just start there. Um, It's a neutral site game, and probably one that's truly a neutral site game for once. Um, Yeah, Vanderbilt, look, outside of Liam Robbins and probably Wright, yeah, I'm not the biggest um, believer currently in Vanderbilt. It's a team that doesn't particularly shoot the ball great, and they're going to be playing against an NC State team who puts up 81 points a game and also shoots the ball 4% better than they do on a normal, you know, on an average night. Now, when you're playing a team that has decent defense, yeah, maybe that number dies down a little bit, but I think a team that plays average defense and also has been shown that if you can turn them over, they have no idea what to do in that given moment and how to quit turning the ball over— yeah um North Carolina state give me give me North Carolina state in this game
1: yeah i I am in that same boat David i I don't put a lot of whole lot put a whole lot of trust in Vanderbilt you know moving forward so
0: I'm not keeping the faith that those you're saying and I don't believe in memorial magic at this given moment uh, all right let's move on and let's talk about South Carolina versus the state of Carolina that doesn't exist East Carolina. Um, what do you think about this game maddie
1: um honestly it, it should be just based on the caliber of team it should be an easy choice to pick South Carolina but it it's should not
0: it should be an easy choice right <laughs> it's 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 a South Carolina versus East Carolina um but th- this is a power seven matchup mm-hmm. like let's be real it's an American opponent but like you know I ugh. There's nothing in me that wants me to pick South Carolina. But you know what? I'm gonna make a defense I'm gonna make an argument. Okay. I'm gonna make an let's argument hear it, and Mr. Lawyer? Yeah, oh I- I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try here. South Carolina is better than Vanderbilt. I've been thinking about this. So what let-, let-, let me get back to the let me let's get back to this East Carolina and South Carolina game. We'll get on that topic in a second. But I, I have more faith probably in South Carolina right now than I do in Vanderbilt. And part of it is is that South Carolina beat Georgetown. That's a Power Seven win. Um, that's that's a really good win. They also have Gigi Jackson, who's a decent basketball player. Um, you know what? Maybe this is the night that Gigi Jackson again puts the entire team on his back, and you know gets a win off another local team. He beat South Carolina State. He beat Clemson. Um, and Clemson's not a bad basketball team either. Um, I mean, they're not horrible at all. Um, South Carolina didn't really get exposed until the Myrtle Beach tournament uh, when they played some other teams. But these teams like like East Carolina they mean something for uh, Lamont Paris um, for the recruiting situation there in Columbia. So you know what? I, I'm saying, give me South Carolina. I just talked myself into it. Give me South <laughs> Carolina and a close one because Lamont Paris wants to earn some recruiting points and he's going to put in another. Really good coach for, and I think Lamont Paris is a good coach despite the uh, current record that South Carolina has.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I just, you know, like you're saying, Lamont Paris has has some. He's, he's got something to, to play up. for in this game. Yeah, but East Carolina does as well.
0: What does East Carolina have to play for? Beating Big Brother?
1: A little bit. I mean, you got that. You got some. Well, like... Big
0: Brother has a broken leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's be real.
1: Yeah, I don't know, David. I really think I could ask Siri right now to flip a coin, heads or tails, and I that would, would be your pick. That would be my pick. Okay,
0: I mean, fair enough. This game's in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, more, not really, a neutral site game. I guess I don't know. They, like, <laughs> yeah, neutral site. They're both in the Carolinas. So it'll be fine. East Carolina doesn't exist. Um, like, it's part of North Carolina anyway. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> All right. Let's talk about our next game. Uh, Auburn versus USC. Look, I can look at this one real fast and I can tell you who's going to win this game. And despite my criticisms of Auburn earlier, uh, I am going to say that Auburn is going to beat USC.
1: I think I agree with that take, David. Um, I don't want to, but I agree with it.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, this new coach over there at USC. It's a team that particularly hasn't looked uh, too good at times. They've allowed games like Alabama State to go competitive too long. They've lost to teams like Florida Gulf Coast. Um, that USC team, not particularly one that I'm 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 big on out there in the Pac-12 even, and historically, um, a team that like Auburn thinks they're better at basketball than what they actually are, um, and yeah, I, I don't have any faith in USC.
1: Yeah, I think Auburn will maybe I I don't want to say get back on track, but they'll be able to come back from that loss and make it look not as bad for. A little bit longer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely I definitely think that USC is a capable team of putting up a game against Auburn. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I do think this is the game that Auburn bounces back in. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a fair way to put this. All right, last game that we're going to talk about seriously for this week, Georgia and Notre Dame. A game that I'm actually, like, having a hard time picking a winner in.
1: I agree with that. You know, I think um, as much crap as we've given Georgia— I think they might deservedly. be able to, yeah. I yeah. think they might be able to come out with a win here. Um, I'll be honest; don't know much about Notre Dame's basketball team. Haven't watched very many games. Um, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, really, their only highlight win is well, if you want to call
0: it a highlight win, uh, Michigan State. But. I mean that's a good win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean Michigan State's been decent, but yeah that North Car that North uh, why do I keep calling- I'm about to call them North Dakota Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, yeah Notre Dame is a um, they're just they're they're not a team that I particularly expect to put up great numbers in the um, in the ACC this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll be competitive at times. I think they'll probably continue to try to push to get into the NCAA tournament like they were last year. Um, But I I, I don't have a ton of faith in Notre Dame. Uh, Again, also this game's in Atlanta, um, so it's part of the holiday hoops giving stuff, or the happy hoops giving, just like the games were last week. Uh, But it'll be over there in Atlanta, so you know there's going to be some people close to home, the Georgia, who might be a little bit interested in this game. We're not quite to uh, the college football playoff yet, so those fans might be like, huh, yeah, let's go support Mike White and the boys, you know, (laughs) like, get get something going on. But yeah, I, I think Georgia's capable of winning this game, and Also, after that Georgia Tech game on the road, it really did occur to me that like this Georgia team is closer to beating somebody big than we might be expecting them to right now. They came really close to beating Georgia Tech, Mm -hmm. and I think that they're on the verge of doing it. So I'm going to give a little credit to the Bulldogs and say, like, eventually it's going to happen, and why not this week?
1: Yeah, I I think Georgia's going to come out with a win on this one. Um at least being hopeful for it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. Uh, I, I think they got some good things going on, and they're in Athens. And I, I think Georgia is a better team than we we're, we've given them credit right for this mm. season. Um, as I said earlier, right now I'm with the Matt the Matt Harris comment from. Um, from Rockham Nation, where it's like the only game you should be comfortable in, games you should be comfortable in, was mentioning Georgia in that list. Yeah, I don't think Mizzou fans should be particularly comfortable against Georgia, no. um, because I think Georgia and Mizzou might be as good as each other, um, and that that might be for real. Um, but yeah, some some faith in Georgia. All right, so we had a couple of things that you know we we could wrap the show up with, and we can uh, talk about this week. We were, I was talking about the BYU game. Uh, against creighton now obviously arkansas fans as much as they don't like creighton what's good for them uh is that creighton wins that basketball game last night
1: Mm.
0: and it came about that close to happening (laughs) now you might be saying a minuscule amount a minuscule amount um you might be saying wait what creighton didn't beat byu if you haven't looked at the scores on your phone yet um if you didn't watch that game, you missed what was almost the biggest implosion I've ever seen of all time. It was a nuclear meltdown for the ages, and I want the highlight reel of the entire six-minute or two-minute segment where BYU gave up a tournament turnover on every possession, and including a 10-second violation. I hadn't seen a 10-second violation in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when was the last time you saw a 10-second violation for not crossing half-court? Um,
1: I think maybe like a Peewee game. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's it's been a minute. Like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, BYU came really close. They even gave the lead to Creighton at one point, and then they just snuck that layup in at the end of the game. And it's like, then Creighton's like, oh no, what do we do? And they couldn't get the game winning shot at that point. Mm-hmm. BYU. I don't know how they won that game because, like, they were trying to give it to Creighton at the end of the game. It's like, here, please win it. Please, Creighton, you're the better team. You deserve to win this game. No, apparently, I don't know what to think of that game anymore for the Razorbacks (laughs) because Creighton has just – it's been bad for Creighton through this entire – they can't even win a game that was given to them (laughs) um, at the end of it. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Creighton anymore. But I definitely do know that uh, BYU might might need to reconsider – how it inbounds the ball for the rest of the season <laughs>
1: yeah um i really think it's probably going to be a game that arkansas fans try and forget about until we get to tournament time and then hopefully creighton can turn their schedule around and that loss looks a little bit better on our side
0: yeah it's still a quad one loss so that's it's not the worst thing in the world yep. um, you just don't want it to slip down into the quad two and Possibly, if it goes bad enough, uh, the quad three level. But hopefully, Creighton can figure things out before they get into Big East play, and uh, you know, and look like they were like were in Maui, a Big East contender. Um, but right now, they don't particularly look at look like look like it. All right, here's our final argument that I was going to make with this. All right, South Carolina is better than Vanderbilt.
1: Honestly, I don't feel like that's a long shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel like that's a long shot? You're not going to make this interesting at all? You know, like, No, David, there's no way in the world that South Carolina is better than Vanderbilt, or is good, or if not better, than Vanderbilt.
1: I mean, you're really not giving me much to work <laughs> with for, like, argument's sake. You picked the two worst teams in the SEC.
0: I did, but, like, we've known South Carolina's bad for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: now we're learning that Vanderbilt is. and It's, it's kind also of, bad. I feel like it's one of those things, like, you throw them into the ring any given day, you never know who's going to come out. Well, with they're going
0: win. to go to the given ring on, um, let's check the schedule here, <laughs> February 14th. Oh, Valentine's Day. You oh. curl up with your loved one and watch <laughs> Watch ring. the worst game in the SEC schedule. Where's the sickos college basketball committee when you need them? They they need to be alerted of that date. If for all those people, who I'm happy to be married, but if you're alone, that's the game for you. you...
1: I'll see you guys there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, okay. So here's here's my argument. So Vanderbilt sneaks by Pittsburgh at home by one point. Right, A game that Pittsburgh almost pulled out. Then they immediately lose to Grambling State. They also barely got by Walford, lost to St. Mary's. Um, They did beat Moorhead State, for what it's worth, but lost to uh, Southern Miss. If you check South Carolina's schedule, who is South Carolina beating? Oh, they've beaten Clemson, who's Mm -hmm. a decent team. One of their losses is to Davidson, who is not a bad mid-major. Then Furman, who we talked about as... You know, they're in the top 100 in Kempom, and they're yeah. a team that's going to be considered a bracket buster potentially come March if they win their win their conference to make the tournament. Yeah, they lost to George Washington. Maybe there's some Atlantic 10 teams that are good out there or, or better than, you know, certain teams in other conferences. But, like, then they turn around and beat Georgetown. And then they now they're on a two game winning streak, if two games is a winning streak, um, a, beating Presbyterian today. Now, I think that's going to come to an end really quick when they play UAB, because I think UAB, as you previewed them, is a really good basketball team. But if you look at things, there's nothing that makes me say one way or the other that, like, from a resume standpoint, that South Carolina is not as good, even with Vanderbilt. And then, like, why I think South Carolina might be better than Vanderbilt right now, Gigi Jackson. I would
1: agree with that. Um, you know, I think we put a lot of stock into Vanderbilt based on their coaching staff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: we're slowly starting to see that coach can't always win you basketball games.
0: Nope. And he can yell and scream all he wants to and get thrown out of a basketball <laughs> right? game against BCU. Um, but like, yeah, Gigi Jackson, you know, sometimes it's about the Jimmys and Joes. It's not about the X's and O's, as they like to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Gigi Jackson's a basketball player. Um, and there's a couple of dudes who can play a little bit on South Carolina to back him up in a role spot. Honestly, right now, I think if you put South Carolina on the floor against Vanderbilt, I think South Carolina might win that game on a neutral floor.
1: So you're telling me we have a battle for last place in the We ACC? have a battle for last <laughs> place
0: in the SEC. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll,
1: I think that W is going to Vanderbilt. I think they're, they're last place right now for sure.
0: You think so? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I, there's a lot of consideration there. We can all watch that pain and suffering together. Um, but, you know, there's one loss this week that I think we, we haven't talked about yet outside the SEC that, you know, is very important and near and dear to my heart. Texas lost. We've, we've yet to mention Texas on this show, and I always say something bad about Texas <laughs> on this show. So I just want to let everybody know that Illinois beat Texas.
1: You know, I was honestly kind of hoping that UAPB will pull out the upset to <laughs> Texas. I would have loved it.
0: Yep. But yeah, I, I was realizing that when I was putting the show together. It's like, there's no way I could sneak Texas into the show and say something bad about them. Um, yeah, Texas lost. They're not the number one team in the country. Yeah. He
1: can be part of the outro. Yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> always is. We play the music. You know. What we do. Cue
1: the music. Let's celebrate Texas losing.
0: Texas is not the number one team in the country. Who is the number one team in the country?
1: Oh, after this week? I have no clue.
0: <laughs> UConn or Purdue? That's what I'm thinking.
1: I would go UConn. I feel like the the committee will lean towards UConn. Yep. But you know what it's not? It's not going to be Texas. It's not Texas. <laughs> or a team in Texas, <laughs> for that matter.
0: <laughs> All right.